I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back, and I'm super excited because we have our first couple. So yes. uh, we've got a little double date for this <laughs> uh, for this episode of Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. So, guys, we had a contest on our Facebook page. Check out the Facebook page. It's where the party's happening. And we asked for our listeners to bring in if they had friends they thought would enjoy uh, our podcast to come in and invite them. And my, my good friend from... Oh, third, third or fourth grade. Third which grade is third grade. Third grade is a long, long time ago now. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, Brandon uh, was kind enough to invite a bunch of his friends, and so he and his wife Katie, who is an artist in her own right, have come aboard. And the first time I met Katie was at a uh, was a few years back when we used to, you know, people used to go to these things called conventions and talk <laughs> to other people. And I met her at a, at the Staples convention here in Austin. And so they are here to kind of chime in with, now let me get the name of the movie correct. It It is DuckTales, the movie, colon, the the Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Treasure of the Lost Lamp, But thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Absolutely. Um, And we should say that they came very prepared. Oh, yes. They're they're also our first cosplaying guests. I love it We have Donald and Daisy Duck. It's great. So we're excited for that. Um, in the few moments we've had before we started, Brandon and I were catching up, and Brandon was so nice to pull out um, some uh, <laughs> some yearbooks. <laughs> like I think it was our senior year, and then the third grade year. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why you keep it around so you can have the embarrassing moments later on, right? Where you think you were so cool. But now you're like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? My yearbook yeah. photos are always the worst. I had one when I was in college where I was in marching band in college. And Brandon and I both played trumpet mm-hmm. uh, all throughout, uh, all the way through high school. And in college, I played trumpet. We were in the marching band. There was a picture of me that they did a, they did a thing on the, on the SMU band. Mm-hmm. And one of the big pictures was me. I think it might have been my senior year. And I'm just like, the picture was captioned. Uh, you know, like senior Ryan Jenkins yells encouragement to his fellow band members, which might have been what it looked like to the to an outside eye. But to everybody, our band was very, very fraternity esque, where there was a lot of like hierarchy. Like, but so inside, it was clearly everyone's like, "Oh, he's screaming at someone for screwing up." Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's being a complete jerk. So then, um. Uh, they it got I very vaguely remember it getting like blown up kind of big maybe not huge and my head is probably huge because it's me and that's mm. how my brain works but I think people wrote like they put it on the wall in the band hall and everyone wrote we'll have to quack this out like <laughs> and like arrow yeah. pointing to me <laughs> things like that <laughs> and I was like great thanks guys oh that's great <laughs> but anyway um so if you want to get on the Facebook page and see very embarrassing pictures of me I'm sure Brandon will be nice enough oh, yeah. to well she has a very good scanner. You know, oh, high great. quality Wonderful, imagery. Wonderful, high quality. Yeah. Oh, I, I could make I downloadable it. posters for people if they wanted to have all <laughs> of your, if they wanted to have that <laughs> great. particular photo. Fantastic. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> on, um, that, on that 
angelic third grade face. How dare you? Um, anyway. <laughs> so. Uh, well, what is, I'm kind of curious your relationship with Disney or with this movie in general, because what we did when Brandon won the contest is then we gave him the list and this is the movie you chose. So I'm kind of curious. Well, there were a few that are. I would have jumped on, but uh, Three Caballeros was already come and gone. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, there some others were already taken. So I was like, "All right, I love Ducktales. We're watching Ducktales right now, the newer series." So I was like, "Isn't the new one so good?" Oh, it is. I... They canceled it already. I know, but they're gonna they're gonna have a podcast. Did you hear this? No. There's a podcast coming with all the all the voice members, and they're going to continue the story for about five or seven. Oh, episodes, cool! So it's like, oh, it's almost like a comic. So they version. so they just didn't want to pay yeah. the animators, is what I'm understanding. <laughs> Yeah, which, which exactly, uh, sucks. but no, yeah. I, I don't know how official this new podcast is. Oh, okay, but, okay. So it's a shame though. It was a great series, and they did a really great job of adapting the older series. Mm-hmm. 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 I loved it. So, what do you guys remember about the old series or this movie in particular? Uh, I remember, you know, my, you know, watching the spinoffs of uh, like uh, Darkwing Duck and all that stuff, and of course, you know, which I'm sure also brings up a memory of uh, me. In class in third grade, singing oh the Darkwing Duck theme song <laughs> to myself during a test, and my friends were making fun of me later about it uh, during lunch. <laughs> like ah. you didn't realize it was. Yeah, you were I didn't realize it. I was yeah. being that loud. Yeah, ADD brain. Listen, yeah. as someone who has started a Disney podcast, one of the things I was telling Tara the other day that I'm realizing is there's so much Disney just going through my head. I've had uh, Beauty and the Beast in my head all week. I've like, had Bonjour. Yeah. Like it's at any time there's a Disney. Yeah, anytime we do a new movie, I completely understand. Yeah, (laughs) I mean we're living Disney right now. We got a trip coming up next month, and oh wow, our kids are Thomas is all about Frozen still. So my son was such an earworm. Oh my gosh, he was performing the uh, Into the Unknown one time at dinner. Just the entire song, (laughs) except for one verse. But he he got the entire song, and I just wow. Wow. It, 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 luckily, it's a good enough song that I'm not totally hating it yet, even though my son listened to it every day back and forth from school um, for months. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, if if you guys want, because you guys are talking about earworms, I have a, I, one of the things I went on a deep dive on this morning before we did this is mm-hmm. the DuckTales theme song. Ooh, I was going to so say, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, that is a it's, bedtime theme at our at our house. I used to have to sing that as one of the bedtime songs. And I found out how little I th- I thought I knew the whole thing, and then I'm singing it to him, and I don't know the words. I don't know the words. Shoot, okay. You know the words. Well, there's really apparently well as long as the song's playing. There's apparently, and we'll get into this sec. We'll, we'll we'll kick up here in a sec, but there are apparently extra lyrics mm-hmm. in oh, the yeah. movie version of it. Oh, interesting. There's an extended. So I was yeah. reading about that. Yep, it's the extended and version. Katie yeah. actually yeah. found a version on YouTube that has all the different language versions as well for the newer series. That's a funny, that's a fun story too. So we're going to go on a deep dive of this, but let's, well, what's, do you have connections with the film? Not, I remember I watched the heck out of this film because I think I recorded it off of Disney channel and just watched it a lot. And I think that's, I, I, I remember the genie who's voiced by Rip Taylor. Mm Mm-hmm. Not Rip Torn. Rip Torn is the boss from Men in Black, so that's a completely different voice. This is Rip Taylor. Um, and I remember Dijon, who's like the henchman bad guy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that I have an interesting fact about that. Uh, Dijon is the only villain from the TV series to appear. Oh, right. So he was in an episode. Yeah. yeah. They talk about, I mean, again, I know we're going to go into facts here in a minute, but they talk about how for the movie... 
they didn't want any of the side characters like Gyro, Doofus, Bubba the Cave Duck, like there's a lot of other ones, as well as the villains, Beagle Boys, Magicka Dispel. They didn't want to bring a lot of those in because they didn't want to confuse newcomers. So if people were just going to see the film, I don't think that would have mattered, but they felt like they didn't want to add a bunch of side characters that had relationships already, I guess, written. I find mm. that interesting that they included the Beagle Boys in that because they were a staple of the comics. So that's, and, and a couple, a lot yes. of other stuff. So it's, yeah. the, so some of the other ones I could understand, you don't really want to explain the backstories, but the Beagle Boys were just there. I mean, they've always been there. So that's interesting that they excluded them as well. Yeah. It's, and it's weird because I feel like it's an opposite of what they would do now if they made a DuckTales movie. Then, like Nowadays, it's all about fan service and making sure everyone has a minute in the sun. And back then, it was like, we want to make this encapsul- encapsulated story. I don't know. It's just an odd change in attitude, right? Yeah, it might have to do with more time, too. And, and th- people can, can pause and catch little things. So you could put it in yes. there in subtle ways now when we've got the the uh, HD and all that stuff to actually catch mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. little details. Mm-hmm. Which th- yeah. this movie is interesting to me is um, I watched one of the DuckTales movies, but not the uh, all the time. It was constantly on the Disney Channel when I was little and we recorded it. Wh- which one was it? See, I don't think it's this one because I don't remember the genie. I remember they were like going from place to place. Um, it was it was it was definitely an Indiana Jones knockoff type movie. So it sounds like it's this one, but I don't remember the genie. And well, so funny you so should weird. mention Indiana Jones. Because there's a scene in this one in an Explorers Club, and keep your eyes out for Indiana Jones. Tara's giving me. I know those listeners. Tara oh, yeah. likes to give me this mean look when I take her fact, and she like angrily like crosses it out on her. Well, do you have the uh, uh, notepad? Like you stole well, I have fact. the uh, I have the art book and stuff. Um, because uh, the Indiana Jones, the, the artist, they got him to do the Ducktail posters for this. Uh, Drew, oh, Drew Strazone. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's yeah, actually. He, oh, it's it, they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, he also did Star Wars posters as well. Back to the Future, The Thing. Um, uh, we were mm-hmm. looking... Uh, Flip to the book, show it off. Uh, yeah, so this is... Well, they don't have it. I was so mad. That's the only thing they don't have in the book. But when y'all do Rescuers Down Under, uh, these are proofs for the Rescuers Down Under stuff oh, that he did. Oh, wow. um, And they actually were not approved. So I don't believe he's the artist that ended up doing the Rescuer Down Under poster. But he did do um, stuff for it. But yeah, they didn't have... DuckTales one, but this is, I mean, you could tell they hired him to make it look like yeah, Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. It kind of, or like Goonies, you know, yeah. the Goonies yeah. poster, like, they're all the, like hanging. The title, too, like how the title presents itself. Exactly. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, uh, Adventures in Babysitting, Police Academy, yeah, all these kind of, all the 80s movies, he was the artist. So I remember also, I watched a, a DuckTales movie. What you might have watched is like sometimes with these, what they'll do is they'll string together. What what ends up being like three episodes right. when the show comes right. out. That's, that's usually that's what, what I, I think, think of being the movie is like yeah. the last three-parter of the original series. Do you remember there was one I saw a lot that was a movie and it was the like origin of Gizmo Duck? I remember that mm-hmm. one. Yes. I hadn't thought about that. That's the one. That's another one I had recorded and I watched over and over and over again. Well, and this movie takes place in between the third and fourth season yes. of the original series. So that's kind of... So this is the official theatrical release one, though, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. This one was done by uh, I don't. I, I, it was called. I have. I've got that. Disney <laughs> movie tunes. Yeah. Do you, would you like me to talk Go about ahead. that? Um, well, I guess first we should say it was 1990. Yes. When it came out. So let's and... do the top three movies of that year, which I think we've already done for the Rescuers Down Under, but we'll do it again. Uh, Ghost, Home Alone, and Pretty Woman. 
So the synopsis is very quick, too. So Scrooge McDuck takes Huey, Dewey, and Louie to Egypt to find a pyramid and magic lamp. So it's pretty straightforward. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And when it was released to theaters, it was released by Walt Disney Pictures. But it was the first time Disney distributed an animated film not produced by Walt Disney Feature Animation. So it was first it was the first film to be produced as Walt Disney Television Animation and then there was like that nickname that you were saying Disney Movie Tunes. Yes. Yeah. So this Which was I kind think of the now first is Disney to Tune Studios or or before it might I, I don't think know if it so. still exists. They've closed that the I'm pretty did, sure. Yeah, but they did uh they did a lot of the the animated sequels. They yeah. did Goofy Movie, things like that. Well, and when this came out, it, it was a summer movie and in August, I think, and its competition was Jetsons the movie. Oh so, my god, do you remember that? Yeah, so it was not as a big financial success for Disney. Opening weekend at the box office, it made like over three million dollars, but Disney felt that it was a flop. They didn't feel that it was very successful for back then. I mean, it might that might yeah. Well, and they made much so much money. I think they just started comparing everything to The Little Mermaid. Yes. Too. I think they just started comparing to how much they made on that. So all sequels were scrapped. Originally, they were supposed to be, this was the first in a series of DuckTales films. There were going to be more DuckTales films. And then all sequels were scrapped after the release wasn't as successful as they wanted it to be. Yeah, according to this, it was a budget of $20 million, but only ended up making 18.1. So yeah, that's a failure. Yeah. Um, however, when it was released on VHS in 91, so that was a year later, it sold 2.3 million units. So it did better, I think, in the VHS release. Well, I think everyone's used to seeing this one on a small screen, so. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys, did you guys see it in theaters? Oh, no. No, definitely TV. I was going to say, the only movie I can remember seeing in theaters was the My Little Pony movie when I was, in terms of, of animated. The one with the... The The sludge, the the sludge that covered them. It's called, like, the flu or something. Yeah. That's the only one, the only Saturday morning cartoon theater movie that I can remember seeing. Yeah. Uh, I, of course, would have to go to Jeremy because his memory is so much better than mine. So we may have seen this in the theater, but this was a movie we watched all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So much so, in fact, that I can't remember the details now. He either brought it or it was just at the house. But we rented a house in Rehoboth, Delaware for my bachelorette party. And like the when we were making dinner one night, we watched it like as we were like getting ready to do stuff. That's that funny because at my bachelor party, we were also watching like '89 Batman and like <laughs> yeah. really like like we were all watching yeah. nostalgic stuff. When I say I have information on the uh, uh, the tune that we all remember, the theme song, the theme song, um, there is was a, an entire Vanity Fair article on oh. it. That really? I read that was super fascinating. I will absolutely post it to all our social media because. Not only does it go into the history of it, it goes into the musicality. They 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 quote Oliver Sacks in there about oh, ha- about how ha- and they break down why musically it's an earworm and why it does this and that and the other. And then they uh-huh. go into like the guy's further stuff because the person who sang Ducktales also sang Chippendales Rescue Rangers, also sang Darkwing Duck, and apparently was like. I don't want to sing any more cartoon songs. I don't. I want to be remembered for this. It's all these people who like yeah. the guy who wrote it. Mark Mueller had written songs for Captain and Tennille, uh, the Pointer Sisters. Uh, he had kind of a hit with Heart. I don't remember what the song was, and so they asked him to do this, and he apparently wrote it in about forty-five minutes. Well, and I just to go back to Oliver Sacks, just to mention for those who don't know the name, he's a very famous neurologist. Now they're kind of drawing from, from music. Call his- what's the name of the book? Music. 
music. Oh, I think it, yes, they're um, musicality or musicology. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. what it's, what it's called. I do know that it's on your shelf somewhere. Yes, it's and I can't remember musicophilia. Musicophilia, because mm-hmm. they're talking about the the effect of earworms, but it's yeah. a real deep dive into it. Um, he was paid. He did it, it took him about 45 minutes to write. He said it just came to him and he was really having a good time and he's being very loud about it because one of the things about his apartment was he lived above this elderly cup this elderly sisters who were hard of hearing so it allowed him to really like get exuberant with this and he says that that was some of the reason he was able to create such a catchy song. Yeah. He was paid Let me get this right. $1,250 for it if it aired. Oh wow. <laughs> And there, you know, the whole thing talks about how there's so many covers of it on Does YouTube. Does he get any kind of residuals or anything, or it was just like a flat fee? I or didn't, they didn't see go anything about that. that. Yeah, um, wow. It, uh, it, it was on Dancing with the Stars. Someone danced to it with on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, we'll have funny. to find that video and put it up. Uh, it's this was, and then they talk about the 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 uh, how big a deal Ducktales was because Ducktales was done in a hundred different countries in twenty five different languages. Uh, it was the, actually the first American cartoon aired in form in the former Soviet Union after the Cold War. Huh. Wow. So, and all of them had the same song except for one country, and that was Korea. And Korea wrote their own theme song for it. And after about a, se- a season, they went back to the original theme song <laughs> because apparently it's very unpopular. However, uh, that unfortunate. I'm going to read directly from the article now. That yeah. unfortunateness aside. Mueller's theme song was free to become a global phenomenon. Phenomenon, and it did, albeit with modified lyrics. Roughly translated, the opening lines of the Norwegian version are Come along, meet an acquaintance. Scrooge, Donald, people, and animals offer you excitement. Here, amongst everything happen almost everything happens. Here, almost everybody lives. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Spanish theme promises many adventures with the bad guys and also the good ones. The French version emphasizes Scrooge's impressive status and wealth. He's the greatest boss of all the city. He's the most powerful. He's worth billions in gold, in dollars. Even the woohoo gets fine-tuned from culture to culture. <laughs> it's more of an oh-oh in Finnish. Norwegians go for aha, and the Polish offer a frisky yoo-hoo. So there you go. That's great. That's, I love that. That's that's like the that's like hearing when um the difference between the Japanese lyrics in an anime and then whatever Deke or whatever the American company decides to put. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. oh my god, why is that our lyrics? Or or Google where where you like say something in the language and you have Google translate it back. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to just uh talk about Christopher Lloyd for a minute. Oh because yeah. I forgot he's he in this. Is a voice. Yeah, and this was his first time voice acting in a theatrical released film and then he goes on to voice um in the page master the late 80s was a real great time for christopher and then rasputin and anastasia yes he's he was that so voice that. and then i didn't know that this was a movie and then it's interesting he's this character he was the coroner in the hey arnold the movie I didn't know Hey Arnold had a movie, movie. but he was a coroner in that, which I'm very curious why there's a coroner. (laughs) So I had a fact here, and we keep talking about this, especially because Rescuers Down Under with Caps. But supposedly, this was the last Disney theatrical film to be produced in hard, painted cell animation, is what it said. And then it said, since all films kind of after that, beginning with Rescuers, would be produced with digital ink and paint instead. Mm. And so we go into that more in Rescuers about the whole digital system of caps. But I did think that that was interesting that this was kind of one of the last ones to do that. I remember being so mad when I saw the um, 
previews for Rescuers Down Under, I hated that look. I hated the look so much. Really? I thought yeah, it was. I really uh, liked it. I, I could actually remember being a little kid and going, did they fire all the good animators? What's going on with the animation? What happened? I was yeah, like, I can I- understand that, though, the contrast. And even after we watched Beauty and the Beast, just the contrast between that and Little Mermaid, because even though, like... Some things were hand drawn in Little Mermaid, and obviously other I, things. But. Obviously, it's gotten much better, but I think the the disconnect between you know me as a kid and you know I'm watching Great Mouse Detective, I'm watching you know Ducktales, I'm watching all this stuff, and then there was like because it was the first one, I think there was a simplicity in the way they did the color and some of the shadow and and stuff on that in that particular movie, and I think it stuck out to me as a kid that there was a loss, or I felt like there was a lack of detail mm. that they had in that one, and that's that's what I can remember being however 1990 i'd have been nine I mean, nine years old <laughs> fandom rage at disney at nine i feel like that's probably why you're an artist and i'm more of a designer because like i was like what's the story and that was yeah my, well that was gonna be my, my nice story. question can you tell if katie's a digital artist or a physical media yeah <laughs> i don't hate dig- i'm doing digital art i like digital artists i love having an undo button an undo button is fantastic but- <laughs> yeah well, it's been interesting because I feel like I've seen a lot of people do like the the the, the uh, time lapse of them drawing stuff, and you see, I saw one the other day where was, they were doing, and this is a an, an, uh, uh, complete layman speaking of art, but like you know where you draw like the oval of the face, and then you draw the lines to kind of mm-hmm. the, the top to bottom, left to right, you know. To but line then they everything up. yeah, and I remember when like if you see someone do that by hand, you can still see some of the erase erasure and things like that. If like someone's doing a sketch for like say at a comic con or something for you, um, but like watching someone do it digitally is interesting because I was watching them do this and then like the mistakes just disappear and then go to something new as opposed to having been erased. And I think we've reached this point to where using a digital medium, using the, 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 um, the technique of, of original art of, of hand-drawn art in a digital medium, like they're married in a way that works really well. Well, what I, what I liked about it, I just did a, um, a one, a Jedi. And I think I tried like 16 different background colors with a watercolor type wash but it was digital, mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, I don't like that, and I could just undo it. Whereas if it was traditional, that'd be 16 different pieces of paper where I would start totally over because I didn't like the way the... So you could be a lot more experimental when you have an undo button. <laughs> well, it's also yeah. like working in... You know, I'm a video game designer, and we're, the concept artist there will be like, we need, uh, you know, 10 different versions of this guy's... Ar- this character's, you know, armor. And they'll, and they'll put it in ways in Photoshop that does that sort of thing yeah. where you can, like, look at different stuff. Brandon, you wanted to show us something before we did the. Uh, yeah, uh, I. So you know, along with Ducktales and all that, they had a uh, Scrooge McDuck comic book. Yes. So you got? Do you have a Scrooge McDuck comic book? Uh, not only that, a uh, Three Caballeros. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, they had a uh, like a little short story in the comics uh, that mm-hmm. was uh, Three Caballeros. But I mean, it's like it, the whole thing. It's a pretty thick book. The whole thing's not about the three caballeros, but I mean, it's it's right at the beginning. But I saw this, and I was Katie bought it for me for birthday or Christmas, can't remember which. But yeah, I, I may have to pick that, that one up. Oh, it's great! I love it. It's hilarious. Now, did you, now speaking of Ducktales, you've seen the three caballeros uh, cameo in the yes! new. Uh, I love that. Yeah. The new one that was oh, good. Yeah. Did you? I will say, I think I said this in the episode. You can go ahead and I mean, if you want to, you can check it out. But there's the three caballeros show on Disney Plus. Oh uh, yeah, we've already watched, watched it, it sixteen thousand like times. times oh Thomas... really? I was yeah. I was kind of eh about it. No, like I actually, Thomas we, we thought it was hilarious. Loved it, absolutely loved it. What oh, I thought was funny, though, he wanted to play it. We had to be the characters, but I was not allowed to be Xandra. I forget who I had to be, Jose or something. Brandon had to be Xandra. 
Yeah, I always had to be Xandra. <laughs> now wait. <laughs> I I, we, do, we do not understand that that was Thomas would pick the casting out, and I would be like, "Don't you want Mama to be the Z- be Xandra? I mean, I am the girl." And like, no, no, Daddy Xandra, you you can be girl Jose. <laughs> Xandra is the goddess of adventure. Who Advic- they? Yeah, yeah, goddess of adventure. Yeah. A Wonder Woman looking character in there. So, I, when <laughs> I when I you know now that you say it, I, I would totally cast Brandon in that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Guys, do we have anything else we want to go over before we check this one out? Well, I was just going to say, growing up, I read a lot of the Uncle Scrooge comics, so I kind of liked mm-hmm. seeing, with the whole series of DuckTales, with the movies where they would bring in stuff. You're talking about old Easter eggs and stuff, so that was the original yeah. Easter eggs for me, was having read all these comics from my dad growing up, and then I would see them in the animation and be like, oh, I know what they're pulling that from. I know what they're pulling that from. And it was it was sort of fun. That's cool. Yeah, I, that's a neat connection. I think I had one, and it was just the middle of a story which is the worst when you're a kid like oh, no. when i got when i was older and i collected comics i'm like i'm gonna get this whole run i'm gonna do this but when i was a kid it was like whatever i got for christmas or like and people well would just go, and oh, family likes... who were buying right yeah so they'd be like oh know. he likes donald duck here's donald duck comic and it was like part three of a seven part story oh and I'm yeah like, okay all right well and there was a donald duck short that came out with this film as well. I Duck say, Dude. Yeah, from 1951, One. I think. So, yeah, when it um, was out in the theaters. So we'll have to see if we can find that. Yeah, and put that, that up somewhere. Up as well. See, I grew up, my dad owned a comic book shop, so I grew up with the comics. And when he was wow. younger, he really loved the Disney stuff. And, you know, when you're trying to find child-appropriate comics and you have 90s Marvel going on, I got a yeah. lot of the Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, really 90s so, Marvel was not, not shooting child. for a younger demographic. No, it was not. It was not. So he um he would give me a lot of the Disney stuff and a lot of the Donald Duck. And I think there's one, uh, Terry and Terry and the Firmas, about these little rock creatures. Because yes, I used to, the little balls? Because yes, I used to make these little clay creatures, and my dad thought it coincidentally looked like these creatures from that comic so he i i think i've still got that one somewhere because it's one of my favorites but he went out and got that one for me because it looked like these little play-doh clay creatures that i used to make and there's an old episode of those guys. There's a new episode. Yes, with those I was guys. so excited when that, that that was what made me think of it because I was so excited when that episode aired both times, new and mm-hmm. old. So, but yeah, so it was really it was really fun having all that background where he would get the old Disney comics and have me and you know show them to me and some of the really old stuff because he was a collector and you know I had stuff from when he was little in the fifties and sixties that he kept. Um, and then um, getting to see that in Ducktales and then getting to see that again in the new Ducktales was a lot of fun, which. Uh, I still remember there was a antique archaeology and they're going through a, a collection. They're like, nope, none of this is valuable. And I'm like, oh my God, that's all the Disney stuff. That's incredibly valuable. Stop just looking for Marvel at DC. <laughs> oh my God, the Disney stuff is incredibly valuable. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's great. Uh, so guys, we're going to take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. All right. See you on the other side, listeners. We're, we're back, guys. We did it. We did it. Uh, what did you guys think? It was as fun as I remember. It was It was definitely, um, and I think it, yeah, it's not the, definitely not the one that I was thinking of that I used to watch all the time, but I do remember it, but I think we just watched it with our kiddo this last year. See, it's a movie I thought it was, but I always put Magicka in that in the, that role for some reason. Mm. In the Murloc role? Yeah. The, Murloc, the, uh, the Christopher Lloyd bad guy? Yeah. Um, 
I feel like I've grown out of it a little bit, but like there were some like legitimate laughs I, I feel had. Like all of us were mm. laughing throughout. Like it was a good one to laugh throughout. My favorite character is also problematic. We're gonna talk about him a little bit. Dijon <laughs> was my favorite as a child. Um, I still enjoyed him. He had some funny bits, but then he also was problematic, yeah. and we'll talk about that. And yeah. you, you, Katie, brought up at the end. You said, uh, um, "Does this one have a uh, warning, like you know, Dumbo and, and everything?" Peter has. Pan, There's, yeah. We've just had that big thing where Peter Pan and Dumbo have kind of been. Uh, they're not. You can't the get to them can't. if you have a kid. If you have a kid, yeah, the kid like, can't filter. access them without a pe- without a parental. Yeah, which, which yeah. makes sense. I mean, I, I parental guidance the heck out of both of those movies, so I can I can kind of understand that. Right, right, right. Um, but this doesn't have that, and it is a poor portrayal of Middle, Middle Eastern stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, I, I had completely forgot, and I always make this joke, when I think about anyone stealing things, I always joke about them shoving it in That's, their pants. And I think that was my favorite bit. <laughs> yeah, like he kept trying to put everything in his pants, and his pants kept falling Every down. cosplayer yeah. in the world probably wants to know what he is hemming the bottom of his pants with, because that was some strength. That was some oh, impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. that money's staying in there. So, do you want to hit us? With, you want to go yeah, through the, the, so the movie? Yeah, so it opens, we open with like this rock formation. Well, we open with the blatant uh, font thievery. <laughs> yes. Yes, the Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones title, the, the opening Crusade. title. Yeah, it opens. You're a graphic designer. I'd love to know how close that was to a legal issue or if they would have actually had to vault the rights to that. Yeah. That- yeah. Well, and it opens with no music. It will like it has like an instrumental, but like we don't hear the theme song to the closing credits. Right. And it opens and we see an eagle, which is Murloc, but we don't really know that at the time. Oh. The I eagle didn't even flies over yeah, the yeah, rock yeah. formation. It's gotta be. I, I would imagine it's gotta be him. Uh and then it cuts to launch pad and we see them all in the plane and when he lands, he knocks down all of those ruins. And I was like, there had to be so many like archaeologists who were very <laughs> upset about that. Like he didn't knock down just one ruin. It was like a domino effect. Oh yeah. I I I did like he covered it where he's like, well, at least it wasn't something new. Yeah, they made a joke out of it, but I was like, that's a lot to I, have I knocked down. Forgot. I think I really liked Launchpad, and I remember distinctly because he's voiced by I forgot the name of the actor, but the guy from um, Saturday Night Live who plays like. Vladimir Putin and those guys. You know who I'm oh, talking about. Oh, I do know who So that's him about. in the new one. And I remember I didn't really like his voice at first because I thought it was way different. And then I heard it this time and I went, oh, it's not that far off. Like, it, I, I don't know what I thought Launchpad's voice used to be. Yeah. But yeah. Well, and then there was that joke. I tried to write some of the jokes, but there are a lot of jokes. But after the plane has crashed, he's like, the landing gear's down. And like one wheel that pops yeah. out of the plane. <laughs> we all laughed at that. Yeah, yeah, but the plane is completely destroyed at this point, And they find a chest and it's Kali Baba. And Ryan made the joke that it's. Well, I didn't make the joke, well, but I pointed out. Joke. It's supposed you to be like Border out. Collie. Yeah. And so I, I didn't really pick. I don't know if I knew that when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah and I'd... so they look. At all the old robes. And then I just have a comment. His workers, dot, dot, dot. Because it's all the people who are working for Scrooge. And this is where the stereotypes kind of start. He has a hired group of people who have been working and searching for the treasure. And they find this chest. They all are, you know, essentially... um, Just anytime they're, they're not talking, they're all kind of like, oh yes, oh yes. And they're doing kind of... 
the best thing they do, like Arabic gibberish, which is like one step away from what they did in like uh, Team America World Police. It's real rough. Uh, it did remind me of a time when we went to MGM Studios and my dad, doesn't me brag on my father a little bit, <laughs> he got called up to the Indiana Jones stunt show when they picked people oh, out of the cool. audience. And it was funny because I heard someone around us go, he's a plant. And I was like, he's my dad. Like, you know, because they, they have the one guy who is from the audience, but then he like does a fall or gets shot or something because he was a yeah. plant. Um, but they had them all go up there and dress in Middle Eastern attire. And like, they're like, when something happens, start speaking in oh, no. whatever. And they all just did that. And at the time I was like, oh, that's so funny. And now I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> that's not good. Uh, Does anybody else here remember the Indiana Jones stunt show? I, I know that's a little odd. I but... kind of remember it, but I, I mean, I, I'm assuming you're talking about the one in Disney World. In, in I, GM, yeah. Yeah, I feel we like went, I went to it. The only ones I ever saw were the Batman one at Six Flags and the Western show at Six Flags. We saw, saw the, the... the Ghostbusters one when we went to MGM. So oh, Universal? Universal, yeah. Universal. We saw Ghostbusters. I don't think we went to MGM. Well, are you guys, you guys said you had a trip coming up. Are you going to World or Land? World. World. Okay, so if you go to, it's not MGM anymore. It's Hollywood, Hollywood Studios. Studios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to, you got to let me. If you got, you got to let me know if the Indiana Jones stunt show is still open. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I mean, they reown it again. I feel like it was a rights issues for a, a couple years, but now yeah. they own all that stuff again. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, but we find out that Dijon is like Murloc's kind of henchman. Uh, and then this is where Brandon mentioned that it remi- Dijam reminded you of Benny from The Mummy. And I would 100% agree. Like, there's so many, um, like, just kind of the way he is, especially as the tour guide in the beginning and everything. I feel like it's a, a good link. And well, I mean, it's like it the up. personality was on spot. The fact yeah. that he was pocketing gold in his pot and his even pants so, every chance he got even some of his expressions yeah. and like the dark circles that they gave that character actor in the in the mummy he had that same kind of look in his eyes sometimes like to yeah. that Which, to that extent it, it's also two white actors doing uh essentially brown face of some True. sort well, I, so, again, uh, I, again i thought that well, i thought i thought the character was white though in the mummy and you just watched it so i haven't he's got an accent so i think he's trying to do something but Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, so maybe this is some sort of stereotype. We're just, you know, so far removed from at this point that we don't. Yeah, know, I can't but, recall. But it, he did, he did have that Benny feel of like this kind of cowardly uh, henchman. And there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of stuff I liked about Dijon. Yeah. But it was like, you know, it, we're four white people talking about this. So it probably doesn't hit hard for us as it would someone else. Yeah. So and this a is a little bit of a, of a content warning for anybody yes. watching it. This is also where um, we see that Murloc can change shape with the medallion. And throughout... He changes into like a hawk, an owl, a bear, an eagle, a roach, a rat. That might be it. There might be one more in there, but he changes into a lot. Oh, oh, hippogriff, or the thing at the end with the the griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. The griffin, and then he's a cat in the snow. He's like almost like like a a mountain lion. Yeah, 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 mountain lion kind of thing. Um. But then uh, they're traveling by camel, and Ryan was not okay with the fact that a camel had three humps for Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I just, for our our listeners, just I looked this up. There are two types of camels. There's dromedary camels and Bactrian camels. And you can tell the difference because Bactrian have two humps, which looks like a B on its side. And Mm -hmm. dromedary has one, which is a D. So there are no three humps. There are no three. that, That was a 
mutant. What uh, um, Scrooge didn't realize is he had found a new species, and he could have ended the movie right there by selling that <laughs> that information. But yeah, no. Scrooge, Scrooge probably paid to have that uh, genetically engineered. I mean, exactly. <laughs> That's have, true. He's probably yeah. his personal camel for the nephews. <laughs> Good right. point. Um, and they start. So Launchpad's camel like stubs its toe on what you think is a rock and it's the top of not just a regular pyramid, but like a like three towered or tiered pyramid that had to take them many, many days (laughs) to dig that down. Weeks, months, had to take them a very long time. We also get the first glimpse of something that's kind of like... I wouldn't say like Scrooge like solves this thing, but Scrooge is kind of a jerk, like especially to hired help and like yeah yeah yeah. There's definitely some classism issues going on here, but anyway, I just yeah because he throws the shovel at Dijon and and makes him dig. I mean, they all dig, but he throws it at Dijon. He he makes his nephews dig too. That was I was gonna I was gonna write a note about. Of course, Dijon is the one that has to dig, but then like the nephew, so like Scrooge is like equal opportunity jerk here as far as classism goes. He just doesn't get to dig. And I think as a kid, I was okay with it because I knew Dijon was a bad guy by this point. But at the same time, yeah, like Scrooge didn't know that he was just hired help. Exactly, well, he was a hired guide. The he guide was a guide. wasn't supposed yeah. to do. I was I was looking up a lot of the stuff on Scrooge McDuck, and it it kind of snowballed from the. I was trying to figure out if they had changed for the 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 cartoon if he were, had had the color of his shirt if it had been blue in the comics, and it wasn't. It was red, so they changed it for this cartoon, and I couldn't figure out why. But I was starting to read a lot of his early history, and he was introduced as a villain like he had things where he obliterated people for to make rubber plants in south america and stuff i mean like absolute oh, villain in the 40s. he was dark i was shocked um and 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 so i mean he had this whole thing about how he just hates everyone and everyone hates him in his first introduction and he was absolutely meant to be a villain for uh, for uh, donald duck and then uh, carl burks decided that he worked better as an anti-hero and then slowly he became more of a hero so that kind of a uh, jerk, rich, upper upper class stuff that he does sometimes in the movie is absolutely mm-hmm. um, consistent with his character. I mean, that's that's just how he's always been. Is he's always had that under undertone of um, not always a nice person. Wow. Yeah, and his arc kind of follows that in this mm-hmm. film, you know, because he does yeah. kind of get to that point where he he kind of saves the day a little bit. Yes, like, but he's still end. very miserly at the end. He's chasing. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that is... guy could have gotten away with the pants. Dijon could have gotten away with the pants full of money and it wouldn't have done a dent in like... That is very <laughs> true. Uh, I also wrote, I love how skittish Dijon, like going back to him being nervous, that nervous energy and him just being very scared. But when they go to go into the pyramid, he tries to stay outside by saying the camels will be so lonesome. I remember that. And then line another line he says is, "My kid. mommy is expecting me." Because somebody <laughs> mentioned something about mommy. I think being nervous to go in. And then this is where it is straight out of an Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. It's all the booby traps and um, the Huey, Dewey, and Louie talk about how you have to stay alert and use your marbles. Well, they consult the Junior Woodchuck guidebook. And so they have the marbles, and so uh, various things happen, but the big booby trap is when they slide down. They all go onto this Mm -hmm. slide, and they slide down into another trap door, and then that's when they find the treasure. So I like I really liked all of this, but sometimes it's hard to describe each thing, so several things happen. I do want to talk about that slide. That is used in a lot of movies for traps and stuff but am i the only one that ever sees that and goes i want to fall into that trap 
Absolutely, you're oh, not the yeah. only person. Well, the Adams <laughs> like, family, their oh, vault, the, yes. they have like a slide Goonies in the has a water slide like yeah. that. Here's the other thing. It's not much of a trap if it takes you straight to the treasure, which is what it always <laughs> right. does. Like, yeah. a trap would be they send you back to the beginning. Like, the Adams family has the one where they pull the, the thing and the the chain and it throws you outside the mansion. Yes. Remember that? Well, but also, I will say the first two booby traps could potentially harm you and kill you. So I guess to one get to that next one. One of them does land on Dijon, but just breaks like like Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah. And, and here's one more thing I want to point out about this whole scene, because we're, we started noticing at certain points in this movie a lot of uh, similarities to our up- upcoming Aladdin, which yes. we know had been mm. started to be worked on before this by Howard Ashman and some of the songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's a big tiger head door they go into at one point. So that's yeah. just the first thing. I was going to bring so, that up when we got to the genie because I noticed a lot of character similarities. Yes. I would agree. Yeah. A lot of very, the manic kind of energy as well. Well, he and feels the like frantic a, energy. The I anachronistic guess, a speech. Like it mm-hmm. feels like he shouldn't know. He's like, ditto and stuff like that. But we'll get to him in a yeah. sec. Sorry. Yeah. Not to jump ahead. Uh, so then this is where Scrooge says, jumpstart my heart. That was another one I like. Bless me bagpipes is another one. Yeah. I like. That's another good one. Um, But. So you see the lamp is on a very similar kind of pedestal that the one in Aladdin is on, where mm-hmm. it's like a very like narrow column that's very high up and then on this like little pedestal. And below are these giant scorpions, which look like they've been like, like they were through radiation or something. They're mm-hmm. so huge. Uh, and Webby and all the treasure, she finds the lamp and she asks if she can have it for her tea set. And so no one's really paying any mind to the lamp, but Dijon sees it. And so he says he's going to go get the sacks. He says sacks, plural, but when he comes back, they put it all in one sack, which just seemed seemed a little precarious, that. but that's fine. <laughs> uh, so it's all in one sack, and then there's this whole bit where Launchpad almost falls over, and he carries it, and then that's where Murloc appears, and he steals the treasure, and he sets the rope bridge on fire, and then that's when all of them realize that Dijon is kind of working with Murloc as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And so the platform starts lowering. There's like a lever, I think, that Murloc pulls. Yes, it's like the easiest to read hieroglyphics I've ever seen. It's like up, down, and then like scorpions. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he pulls it. <laughs> no, it's, I don't think I caught that. That's yeah, great. like you saw it when they walked by the first time. And I was like, no one's like, because it's literally like, I think it's thumbs up, thumbs down, like by the lever. And then at the bottom is the scorpion. <laughs> So he pulls that and then the platform lowers to the scorpions and they wind up using what the treasure was in, almost like a turtle shell, and they all get under it to try to avoid them. And then they wind up seeing all this water and then they flip it and they use it as a boat and that's kind of how they get out eventually. And it cuts back to Dijon and Murloc and they're looking for the lamp and all the treasure. One note um, I s- saw on the, on the the uh, when they did the boat on, on like the turtle shell, uh, he actually said, "All right, everybody, t- turtle time." And then the uh, the triplets, they all uh, Hugh Dew and Louie, they all said "Cowabunga." That's right. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't hear that. Nice the yeah. reference there. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, so when we cut back to them, they're in the water, and Launchpad has that line that's like, "Either the water's getting higher, or the ceiling's getting lower," mm-hmm. and so they kind of get squeezed out, and they land on kind of this island, I guess. They land in a body of water, and they come up, and Scrooge is super defeated, and Webby goes to give him the lamp, uh, and he said, "It took me forty years to find this treasure, and I'll find it again, even if it takes me another 40. And then it cut. I- 
I thought that was just I for some reason that felt like a very sweet moment when she was like, Well you can have the lamp. I didn't know really it was to sweet. remind the audience that the lamp was still in play. Yeah, but I thought it was really sweet of her yeah. to be like, Well, since you lost your treasure, you can have like what I had from it. Yeah. Um and then it cuts to Dijon. This is one of the many times we see him with treasure in his pants. So he's picked <laughs> up all the treasure from the desert because they searched for it. Murloc leaves. Um, and he's got it all in his pants and they're looking for them. And then it cuts to Duckburg two days later. And so there's an invitation to an archaeology ball. So we find out that Scrooge doesn't want to go because they're all going to kind of poke fun at him that every year he talks about finding this treasure and still hasn't found it. And so Webby's polishing the lamp with Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And that's when we find out the magic of the lamp. The lamp kind of starts jumping around and the genie comes out. And they've got new masters and he says, you know, did Rome fall? And like, he's trying to figure out like where they are in time. Yeah. This is where he feels like they both, like I, I, they hired two like club comedians to play the genies, Robin Williams. And in this case, Rip Taylor, Tyler, Rip Tyler, Taylor, I think Taylor. Yeah. He's the guy. If if you don't know who he is, he was in Wayne's world two, And he was in one of the Jack <laughs> movies. Mm-hmm. Where at the end they do a big stunt and at the end he's in a canoe and he always throws confetti out of a bucket. That was like his big thing. He's like, ah, and, and he throws confetti. And his toupee. And his toupee. He had a, like a very obvious toupee and a mustache. <laughs> um, but like, he's such a good voice here. And like, they have a very similar energy yeah. and, and presence to how they, they do things, yes. I think. Yeah. I, feel like, um, I wish I'd written down the quote, but I feel like there was almost something that he said that was almost a very similar line, in fact, when he first popped out. Well. And well, I, I would agree. Yeah, there, I there, there felt was. a lot of similarities. He said "Wonder yeah. of Wonders," and then his yeah. shablooey was like his like abracadabra. But he might also sound similar when he goes over in a, in a second. They kind of talk to him. He kind of goes over the rules of which we all remember in Aladdin. The rules like I can't bring people back from, <laughs> from the, the dead. dead. Like, yeah, like all that stuff. He doesn't really. <clears throat> excuse me he doesn't really have rules it seems like you can't wish for more wishes but he doesn't even say the rules like that never works like yeah uh-huh. and you can't he you he he tries to convince you not to wish for anything too big yeah because he's like the, the bigger big the wish the bigger wrong. the problem yeah and so there oh, that new... was the cutest elephant ever i mean that's yes that Webby. Really i'm cute. trying to, yeah. to decide who's cuter the elephant that she wished for or dumbo you know? like little baby dumbo yeah 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 um, so they're the new masters, and that's kind of the first wish. Um, also, we noticed here that when he's in the kitchen, he finds out that it's an egg beater, and then Ryan made the revelation that they eat eggs. They eat eggs. They're <laughs> oh, all gosh. ducks and and fowl, and they eat eggs. Yeah, I don't um. like that. <laughs> oh, that's come up before. Yes, there's a thing in the new one where they open the fridge and like. There's a big among the fridge is like a full cooked turkey. Oh god! Everyone's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, so are we to believe the genie was always a boy? Like he was a boy genie, cause he like, or is he just like a boy spirit? You like, mean oh, you mean age. as opposed to a man? Yes. I thought you meant like uh, other than a girl. And no, I, was like, I mean like age wise, because like he's playing the games with the kids, and then at the end, spoiler, Scrooge wishes him to be a real boy. Like, I mean, it's a magical being. So, like, why would they age? It. To, I'm more just. It's more like well, it. I mean, I, it's it's just a. I think it's just a stylistic a choice. choice. Yeah. Because they wanted him they, through the story, so he he befriends he the befriends kids. the kids, yeah. and they start doing wishes that are a little more 
realistically like they wish for the world's biggest uh ice cream sundae which yeah. brandon stepped away oh. for a second but we were talking about how uh that was one of the like i, I remember as a kid these big wanting giant that. Yeah, ice yes, cream balls guy. yes uh, i was just gonna say making him a kid i think from a narrator point of view he, he is all, uh, instantly more sympathetic i mean he's gonna have to do these terrible wish things and you know he's done terrible things because he was forced to in the back but i think making him more of a child character just adds an element of um, uh, watch. The watchers are going to sympathize with him. Like you're going to. Yeah, feel I agree better. with that. Yeah, I more so was just bringing up the question more so than like having an opinion on it one I way mean, or the other. I wonder if it feels weird to you only because you're used to the like the genie story from Aladdin is is at this point such the like. Well, in genie touchstone. stories in general, usually yeah. the genie is not portrayed as yeah, a child, yeah, yeah. so that's and more of why. I this is also it. when he voiced this. He might have been like in his forties or something voicing a a child. So yeah, it, I I could understand. You thinking this is just a little man? I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, like I would say also though, if you think about some of the capriciousness of genies, and, and if you go back to the original stories, and like that fits with a child's like, you know, sometimes you've got to yeah. some of the things that they'll do. I mean, it's like that kind of child deliberate um, interpretation of wishes and stuff. I mean, I, I I could kind of see where you could get maybe we could make this character a child and it would work. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Rip um, Taylor was 59 when he voiced uh, this role. He did a great so job. I, you know, so, uh, yeah, I forgot he passed uh, last year, yeah. two, two, two oh, years okay. ago, in 2019, so, yeah. Well, and we talked about Webby's wish for the baby elephant, and I just feel bad for Mrs. Beakley, because she's just seen oh. a lot of stuff in a very short amount of time, <laughs> and, like, it makes sense that she faints a bunch of times, like, later on in this film. It, it does make her role in the new one so much better, yes. because in the new one, she's like an ex, like, MI6 She's got more spy. agency. Yes. And, oh, yeah. she's a... Skip forward a few seconds if you've got kids in the room, but she's a brick <laughs> house in the new one. She <laughs> is, like, great. built... Like she's got huge, like she she is the physical, like she's got a physical presence, and she's also an ex spy. Like that's how Scrooge and her meet. They used to be spies together. Oh, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Fun. I would actually say watching this. I mean, Webby had that moment um, when the scorpions were attacking, where she, Webby actually got up and, and knocked the scorpions back with Uncle Scrooge, and and she did mm. a lot more stuff. So I would actually say, looking at this compared to the new one, I would actually I would say the biggest change is with Miss Beasley. Because she mm. was fainting and just kind of helpless and like she scared was kind of, of an of a elephant. Joke. Yeah, yeah. And, and Webby had at least some of that spark of that fighting spirit that you'll see, and the connection with Uncle Scrooge that y- y'all noted was such a little nice tender moment. Right. So you can kind yeah. of see where they pulled from the old show for her new character, whereas they just kind of were like, "Yeah, this this Danny does not work. Let's rewrite that totally." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. And so Scrooge basically wants to know the trick. He wants to know what's going on. So like. The elephant tears up the library and then he wants to know what's going on because the kids are acting suspicious and they hear the crash in the closet. They've hidden the genie in the closet and he comes out. Yes, he comes (laughs) out dressed as a kid in like the most, well, I guess the 90s garb is more later, but he still is dressed like with that baseball cap and everything. He looks like Poochie from The Simpsons. Yeah. I, I brought up. And then uh, it cuts to all the kids. So each kid gets three wishes. And so they have all these toys. And that's where the giant Sunday uh, that Ryan mentioned earlier. And we were talking about how, like, that's every child's dream to want this huge Sunday, yes. Like, in a pool. It was in, like, a baby pool. Mm-hmm. See, I actually down. missed it on that, bit of, on that scene a little bit. Because I just was thinking initially, 
oh, they're just showing him the backyard, and that's all the stuff that Scrooge got him. That totally explains now why I'm like, well, we didn't see all the other wishes. Of course they did. It was right in front of us. I yeah, just yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he sees a shadow of what he thinks is wedlock, and it was. Wait, what? Not wedlock. Murlock. Mer- Murlock. Well, what? this is a little later because they come home late, and they That's wish for right. Scrooge to like not be mad at him. And they're all like, that's weird. But then they all try to go to bed. That's which they, right. I that's always right. forget that the boys, I think in every incarnation, have like a three-tier bunk bed, which I love. Yes. And then there's an owl, and he sees the shadow of the owl, and Thank he thinks you. it's Murloc. And that's when he explains. He explains he was the meanest master before Kalibaba. He destroyed Pompeii. He destroyed Atlantis. Like, he did a lot of really aggressive, terrible things He's in those examples. He's got an amulet that lets him have infinite wishes. Um, I, I love that trope as a talisman, but yeah, yeah I, oh, yeah, I wrote it down as a medallion and yeah, I mean, I think it could be any of those things. I do want to um, take uh, one quick step back on the scene where they, uh, wish that uncle Scrooge wouldn't be mad. I just love that scene and the delivery of the Butler on there where he was like all mad and everything that make the wish. And he's like as sweet as can be. And the Butler just comes in and says, you told them, sir. <laughs> what is that? Yes. What is that Butler's name? Dog Duckworth? Is it Duckworth or Dogworth? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know that wait, they reference. I, he, I think he did. I just it. remember him from the new one because spoiler alert, he's a ghost in the new Duckworth. one. Duckworth. Oh. Duckworth. Yeah, because he's not in like the first season. And you're like, oh, I guess they took out this character, and then they make the whole story that he was Scrooge's old butler who had passed, and he came <laughs> back as a ghost, and then he's in the rest of the show as a ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also where we find out that you have to steal the medallion or the amulet, the talisman from murloc he makes that clear like then otherwise you can't, he can't wish change. you can't yeah. wish it to you yeah for yeah some you can't wish it to you that's what they were saying and so then and all these little rules that keep popping up yeah then murloc changes to the rat and i like him best as the rat and the roach <laughs> because his facial expressions are so good he's very comical as both of these um animals because he's basically getting chased around and so he changes into the rat to get into the house and Dijon is also trying to get into the house to search for the lamp and then Mrs. Beasley again or wait not Beasley Beakley Beakley uh Mrs. Beakley starts swatting him with the broom so like he's having a time of it with that and the kids are playing cops and robbers and Webby asks for them to play tea time so she takes the genie and uh, she plays tea time. And again, she wishes that all of her dollies and kind of stuffed animals would come to life. And the one thing I don't like is that only Webby's wishes go bad. None of the boys' wishes go bad. I realize Webby wishes for big things. And that was like kind of the trope was like, don't wish for big things. But I just, you know, nobody else's wishes go bad but Webby's. Girls ruin everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Webby, just had it se- Webby had it seen Child's Play, so she didn't know how bad my, my toys right. alive could go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the toys, of course, go crazy. They start chasing. They're chasing uh, the rat around, which is Murloc. And then the hat moving on the ground was a fun bit. It's Scrooge's top hat. And there's like this duck toy that the hat falls on and it starts like moving around and he's like chasing it. And then he whistles to pretend that he's not chasing after it. So, well, two things. One, I realize I don't know what that whistle is like, but I do that sometimes. The do to do like, yeah. why oh, yeah, is that? The Thomas has picked that up from me just doing that being silly. But where did, I want to know like where that came from. Why did we all decide that's the tune of like, don't mind me. 
I'm not doing anything like, suspicious. Why is, do, 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 yeah. Like, why do do like why why did that become that? Okay. I have so no why? idea, but I would put money on Warner Brothers cartoons or something. Possibly, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Two, and I remember kind of the the scene of her 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 um and her her toys coming to life when I was a kid, like mm-hmm. kind of weirdly like gave me anxiety or like was a little overwhelming to me as a, as a, as a younger child or like I don't didn't like it, and I was rewatching it now. And I was thinking, um, the you know, it, this is an example of something I saw throughout this whole movie. You know, this isn't done by the typical Walt Disney studio. And this movie feels like, I don't know how to say it, but like over animated to where everyone, every time anyone's moving, they're like, really just like you need to come back here and like they're all it's just exaggerated they're, they're, mm-hmm. it's just they're, they're moving so much all yeah. the time there's no like quiet moment for characters where they're just sitting there like having slight movements or anything did anybody else feel that or was no no i noticed that too that there wasn't a lot of subtlety in the a- animation and I yes think, yes i think that comes from just it's the cartoon studio so you're used to not having to have that subtlety for the children's cartoons yeah you got like 20 minutes to get your point across so that might be yeah that's a good point yeah but that was just something i noticed when you're when you're when you're watching this i noticed you could see a lot of the pencil marks a lot of uh you speak you're talking about this earlier with the drawing and everything like that but i Mm. noticed sometimes on the animation you could see the pencil marks um every now and again these really rough patches well that could also be the resolution of our televisions no 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 it was definitely it was definitely like it wasn't like as bad as sort of a stone or something like that i love that i love that technique anyway so that doesn't bother me i don't say bad to mean bad but almost like like the the, xerox era yeah the xerox era like yeah Yeah, it it wasn't quite that but but you could definitely sometimes see the the pencil i think in it Hmm. yeah so we go back and Dijon is now gets in the house and is sneaking Mm. looking for Murloc and then Scrooge sees all the toys going crazy and I love that the stuffed tiger eats Murloc as a rat well I'll also say I appreciated in this scene that uh Mrs. Beakley kind of got her redemption a little bit for the elephant (laughs) and that she she was just wailing on him with that broom (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, very much so. And so this is when Scrooge finds out about the genie. They kind of come clean and they explain it to him. And then, of course, Scrooge's mind goes to he wants all the diamonds and then he wants all the diamond mines. And, you know, he's thinking of all the things he could do and how these wishes are so valuable. And so his first wish is to wish for the treasure of Kali Baba back. And so now Scrooge wants to go to the ball. He wants to show everyone he's got the lamp, he's got the treasure and all this stuff. And so... um he kind of goes off to the ball. The kids don't really want him to take the genie with him. And then that's also when Murloc follows Scrooge to the ball and they're somewhere snow covered. Where do you think they are? It like almost looks like they're in the Alps or something. Switzerland was by That's yeah. a good, that's a good, yeah. Switzerland, the Alps sounds yeah. very like hoity toity international. Yeah, but it's a very different club. kind of landscape than we've seen to this point. And so um they leave <laughs> for the party and then Murloc and Dijon are also in the party. So there's all this kind of back and forth. And I love that Dijon cannot pass up any kind of treasure. So again, he walks <laughs> past all the silver in the kitchen and then that's all in his pants. He like scrambles and it's all in there. Like he just can't he can't resist it. And I that's, love that. I, I love It's funny. But again, that's the content warning is uh, uh, aspect yes. because that was such a stereotype back then before it became a worse stereotype. But yeah, I mean, it's no, you're funny, right. Yeah. Like it's a it's, funny bit, but it also like is very problematic as yeah. well. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning it again, for sure. There's also a tribute to uh, Katie's joke on the scenes again, because he actually threw some knives in there too. <laughs> no, he did. 
Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's got he was taking it all. And so the genie, basically the genie wants to be a part of the party. He has him like go in this plant. And then that's when he sees that Murloc is there. And so he's trying to warn Scrooge that Murloc is there. And Scrooge doesn't know how powerful he is. Like we as the viewer know because the genie's already told the kids. But Scrooge doesn't know. So he's trying to let him know, you have to wish us out of here. And Scrooge won't waste one of his wishes on that. So then he turns them both small enough that they can fit into the lamp. And they put the lamp up in a chandelier so when Murloc comes in he doesn't find them and so then um I kind of wanted a view of the the inside, inside of the yeah. lamp yeah that mm-hmm. would have been fun because I see. feel like we did that on like I dream of Jeannie like you'd go in there and she had this nice little like setup in there do you guys remember that I'm, yes I'm, I do oh, yes but okay. I didn't really watch I dream of Jeannie but right because you're not uh 70 years old so that makes sense <laughs> I mean I do a lot of other 70 and 80 year old right, stuff fair. so um However, though, he does make a comment about, I'm sorry about the smell. Well, it's got to be musty. In yeah, there yeah. That. I don't well, think it was it, like... Oh, I wasn't oil like, lamp. accusing him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just more so... No, I'm more so saying like, <laughs> like we get like that picture of what it's like inside the lamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, but yeah, I was more picturing musty or like just... Yeah. Like mothball-y. Uh, so they come out of the lamp and Scrooge has this idea... We'll put you in the vault. You'll be safe in the vault. And he runs into like this food cart. And so there's another lamp, a gravy boat, essentially. <laughs> so Scrooge walks off with da- that. And then Dijon sees the other lamp. And so he debates giving it to Murloc. And then the genie kind of says to him, well, why would you do that when you could just be all powerful and you could have the wishes instead? Uh, and so the, we find – oh, go uh, ahead. So, sorry, I just want – on that gravy, that, that is the – of all the suspension of disbelief that I had to do, you know, for, for movies and stuff, that was the one point that was the hardest because what are the chances that any gravy boat is going to look like an antique Middle Eastern <laughs> oil lamp? Like it's not even the same function. <laughs> but it was a whole I, mean, I guess – I was just going to say, I guess because it was an archaeologist ball. Maybe. Like maybe they had things my, like look like, but I, yeah, I definitely mine was get your more, point. My suspicion of disbelief is that gravy never poured out into his pocket at any yeah, time. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> smell it at all. Right. Yeah, it's a pretty strong smell. But that, that to me was the, you know, I'll, I'll give them like all the other tropes they used and all the other things were really kind of fun or funny or I could get behind it. And that one, I was like, there was really no better way you could get him to lose the lamp than that. That was what y'all came up in in your writing, that, you know, in the writing Here, brainstorm. Well, I was going to say the only thing that, uh, is to add on the suspension of belief. Uh, belief, sorry. Uh, when he throws the lamp in his coat, it the coat's still flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, so like on the first true. animation of him doing that, he threw it and there was like a jiggle in the coat and it's just flat again. I'm like, where did well, it go? It's Maybe in his, it goes feathers. Into his feathers. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. I was I was gonna say as someone who's like done like writing by committee, I can imagine everyone going like, "Why would they have a, a an oil lamp? No one has oil lamps like that anymore." I don't know, a gravy boat. Like, yeah, okay, let's go, let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I can just kind of see that. It's lunch. It's lunch. Come on, put yeah. it down. Yeah, yeah exactly. we gotta. Yeah, we gotta keep going with this. Um, so what the genie doesn't realize when he's kind of talked to Jean into keeping the lamp is he winds up wishing for Scrooge's fortune. So when Scrooge arrives. 
he realizes that Dijon now has his fortune. Like it's a D instead of an S that's like the dollar money sign outside of the mansion. The cops come and like take him to jail. Scrooge is in jail and he promises to never make another wish for himself again when he's alone in jail. And then the family comes, the butler and the nanny and everybody and the kids, they come to see him and he goes, kids, when we get back to the mansion, you know, I'll pay you back because Webby has another really sweet moment where she brings her piggy bank. And she's like, I've brought the money, you know, I brought money to help you. Listen, as someone who's bailed someone out of jail before. Look, I know it's going to take I've never had that, that much money in my piggy bank. In a piggy I'm just bank saying, ever, I'm I just think saying. it's a really sweet gesture. The person Again, I bailed out of jail was Tara. Anyway, go uh, ahead. Not true. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a really sweet gesture for her. Again, like similar to when she tries to give him the lamp, right? She's trying to kind of help him when he's down and out. And so... Um, then they realize that Scrooge doesn't know that Dijon also has the mansion, factories, everything. Like anything that Scrooge used to own is now Dijon's. And so they plan a full-scale invasion to get back into the vault and the mansion. And all the kids are down on the ground with walkie-talkies and Scrooge parachutes down um, from launch- with launch pad and the kids meet him on the ground. And then when the kids go into the vault, the password is cash. Which, Ryan, you were not too thrilled yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, you know, I have to change my password every month and I can't use the same, not every month, every few months. And I have, yeah. can't use the same password twice and cash. That's all he has, saving his billions of dollars. But yeah. it was break. the 90s. I mean, the the, uh, the genie fair, learned everything fair. from encyclopedias. So who, I mean. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good point. That's, yeah. Also, Which, his, that's... his money bin is constantly being broken into anyway. Like that's the most episodes are that so yeah probably well, insu- talk- insurance claims yes. there you go and he talks about having um all this high-tech security and so huey dewey and louie are and webby are trying to navigate all of that and that's when um murloc is now the roach and so he kind of like flies behind them and then like perches on one of their hats like and because they've got like these helmets with leaves on them because they were kind of like camouflaged in the bushes <laughs> There's kind of like a whole scenario of the different things that they're trying to disable in the security system. And then we cut to Scrooge in the elevator shaft. And so he's trying to get there that way. And um, there's this whole bit with Murloc trying to press the button on the elevator as the roach. And I was like, why doesn't he just turn into something bigger? That he could just press the button on. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, actually. Yeah, I was like, he changes like every two seconds in this movie. He's a different animal. Well, here's the other thing is I don't understand why he doesn't change into something like super aggressive and get the lamp back anytime. He's always sneaking around. And I was like, couldn't you just turn into some giant something and tear down the building and take the lamp? Yeah. And I, and I was like, oh, he can only turn into real animals. No, he can't. He can turn into the griffin at the end. So why didn't he just Godzilla his way through Duckburg, get the lamp? Maleficent has the trademark on giant dragons, so he didn't oh, want yeah. to go up against Maleficent. Maleficent and Mad Madam Mim. Right, right. But uh, during the, the break-in scene, I will admit, Scrooge did not cheap out on his cane. He broke open a oh, like oh that's a right like inch, a crowbar yeah what was it like a three inch thick stop solid steel door yeah with his uh-huh. cane. well he was well, holding he was holding off the scorpions with the cane at the beginning of the well, movie so it's clearly a weapon <laughs> y'all remember the nas game where he would pogo around on it that is true yeah mm-hmm. yeah true yeah so it was very sturdy he spared uh, no expense exactly, exactly yeah so what happens is we get in and Dijon is, and we've seen Dijon with the fortune. He's in a very elaborate 
like jeweled out outfit mm. and the lamp is like kind of hanging out of his pocket and so Scrooge tries to hook his cane on it to get it and then that's when Merlock Merlock kind of swoops in and grabs it. So now um Dijon tries to sneak out. Merlock has the genie turn him into a pig. And this is where we really feel for the genie because the genie is like so sad that now he's got to go back to basically doing whatever Murloc tells him to do. Mm. So and then he wants to turn the home and the mansion into a fortress. And the genie calls it Casa de Coco. De Cuckoo. De Cuckoo. That's right. And uh, which is a really light term for the horrible like Castlevania-esque monstrosity. Well, I wrote that it like has. A feeling of Maleficent's castle a little bit. Mm -hmm. Black Cauldron. Like, Mm. it's got, like, a very, like, dark. It's very dark and very different than anything else in the movie. Yeah, our our six-year-old was watching the movie at that point, and he was just like, what is that? What is that becoming? What is that? We were like, yeah, "Um, it's the villain's house now. I mean, well, because... It was very intense. It also looked strangely like bio organic, like it was going to become some creature, like with the mm-hmm. the way the lava claws and, or teeth yeah. or whatever. If you like, had told me, like, um, what's uh, what's the alien designer? Um, oh, it, uh, yeah. If you had told Geiger. me that, like, yeah, Geiger. If you told me Geiger had designed that on a on a in two minutes, I'd have believed it. I mean, it was yeah. it was disturbing. Yeah. yeah, it really was. And so then he says, "I want you to return my home." Return home in my new home, and we find out that that's up in the sky, I well, guess? was he going somewhere? Like, did they not quite get there? Or did I he just know. used to live in outer space? Yeah, I'm not odd. sure. But he, it basically floats. It lifts up, it flies. Scrooge threatens Murloc, and he casts him out of his home. I will say that's one thing I really like about the Scrooge characters. He's, even in the comics, like, there's, they, there's, or not in the comics, I'm sorry, in the new one, there's kind of a bit about, he's like, 200 years old or something like they find out like he like took the fountain of youth or something like yeah. they, they do something like that where they're but he's very old but he's like spry and angry and he doesn't back down from a like, i like a that he fight. doesn't back down from a fight yeah. and the genie apologizes and scrooge is like no it's okay it, i know like yeah. the genie apologizes what he has to do to him and so um that's when the boys come in with their marbles and they slingshot the lamp out of Murloc's hands and they toss it to Scrooge. And so there's this whole bit of them all tossing the lamp back and forth. And then Scrooge and Murloc have like this epic fight in the sky where Scrooge almost looks like he's swimming as he's yeah, falling like, he at was one like, point. Yeah, he was just slowly, kind of gracefully swimming to get to the lamp. I, I enjoy that the ducks can't fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's also a reference to the uh, the opening of the original. I remember there's a shot where he's like going through space mm-hmm. towards like a diamond or something. Oh, that's right. The, the, yeah, in the in the opening credits of mm-hmm. the original show. So that so it's kind of this intense fight, and then the talisman gets knocked off of Murloc, and then he falls from a very very great height, and that's the last time we see him. So yep. <laughs> yeah, my six my six year old asked what happened to him, and we're like, um, uh, yeah, no, um, we heard. <laughs> Uh, well, well, he's, he's still falling to yeah, this yeah, day. Still falling. Yeah. He's immortal. Falling. It'll be okay. He wished to be yeah. immortal. He'll be okay. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. Do you think he died or he just, is well, it like he's immortal? Like That actually is a question for me I? at the end because of what happens at the end. Because uh, Dijon ends up, when he gets turned back into human... All the genie spells were so undone. Mean so absolutely, Murloc, spells. Murloc died. Well, does yeah. that mean at the very end. Pompeii 
and Atlantis yes. came back? I know. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. It does. By that logic, it does. Atlantis definitely, I know, plays a part, maybe in the cartoon, maybe in the comic. So Scrooge wishes for everything to go back to where it was, you know, that all of them to go back home. And at this point, Dijon is still a pig in the vault. But as we mentioned... Just a pig in the vault? <laughs> Scrooge's last wish is to turn the genie into a real boy. And the way he does it here, he's very curmudgeon to where they think he's going to send I the lamp that. away. It's so yeah. for the audience. Like, I feel like they'd be like, Uncle Scrooge, no. He'd be like, no, 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 guys, we're going to figure this out. It's fine. <laughs> like, don't worry. So he's like, no, I'm going to... Genie, get ready to cast your last wish. I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, that was my audition really... for... Scrooge McDuck. Your Scottish oh, accent boy. there. It got better as it went on. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. That. So uh, he turns him into a real boy, and this is where he really looks like Poochie from Simpsons. Yes. They like 90s it up mm-hmm. a little bit more here. And the lamp kind of crumbles into dust, and then Dujon is now back to normal. And then he says that he's a quadzillionaire. And I don't know, does he ever reference himself like that? In- Katie, Katie had something. So, so I was, oh my yeah. gosh. So I got, again, I went down the rabbit hole of Scrooge McDuck. And, and so they had, somebody had calculated based on the average size of his money bin, how much he would be able to fit in there. And it was like, <laughs> and it was like 31 point something billion, which doesn't even put him in the top 20 for richest people in the world. Because I mean, it just, I think the top 20 ends at 70 billion. And so I was like, well, he's not even in the top 20. Then at the end of it, he's like, I'm a quadzillionaire. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, okay, never mind. You are. <laughs> like, I don't even know well, what that yeah. money that is. Was one, yeah, that I don't know what that equals. Yeah. One thing I thought of because, spoiler alert, later, Dijon, when he turns back from the pig, he starts stealing stuff in his pants. And, and he starts running off and all the money is like sprinkling on the road. That's kind of how it ends. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's also like we live in a time now where like liquid assets is is not as much of a thing. Like everything is like you know it, it, it's it's you have you know it's credit or it's this or it's whatever mm-hmm. um but coins especially are not much of a thing anymore right yeah much bigger thing then so it's like i'm like dijon's got all these coins coming out it's like let, i want to think about literally if it let's say those are all dollar coins mm-hmm. how much do we think he actually was stealing there because how much dollar coins could fit in his pants he maybe had 600 bucks <laughs> like yeah. you know what i'm saying Compared to the quadzillion, yeah, yeah, how much like, money. But I think that that's Scrooge's character. Yeah, Scrooge being a miser. I mean, even the is, newer yeah. cartoons, he's like, he gets upset if he's short a dime, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right, he's right, very, right. yeah. Um, but that's how it ends, and then it goes to the credits, and then that's where we hear the theme song. I was going to make a uh, comment on Scrooge's age, where you had talked about how he was really spry and athletic for his age. And that was, again, another deliberate choice by Carl, uh, Carl Berg, by the creator uh, because he was like, this old man is not working for me. Like, I can't do anything with him in the comics. <laughs> yeah. So we got to have a reason for him to How many times have you ladies be- said that? <laughs> <laughs> this old man so, isn't working for me. So, yeah. So this, it was a very deliberate decision that he'd be more of an adventurer, more athletic. And, and and that goes back to the original creation where he um he was supposed to be this curmudgeonly villain, old, elderly person. And they're like, yeah, this is really boring. The other thing I was going to say that I like that they show him athletic but old at the same time, that it's both of those, mm. is I work in the field of elder care. I work with older adults. Mm. And so I enjoy it not being the stereotype of he's frail and he can't do anything, right? Like it's kind of fun oh, yeah. that he's a strong He's old, but he's also very strong, as we mentioned earlier, you know, and he doesn't, he's always up for a fight and yeah. My grandfather was doing marathons into his nineties. So yeah, I love that. My, my great aunt, same, 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 same. Yeah. 
And he would joke. He's like, I'm first class in my division always because I'm the only one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the only one I get the division. gold all the time now. Yes, so good. That is exact. When when my great aunt passed, um, they had all her medals mm-hmm. that she'd gotten for runs. And, there, and and when I say I have a large extended family, I have a huge extended family. On that side oh, of the family, I, yeah, for I could, sure. That, yeah. yeah. I, I would probably match you there, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, it's like everybody's. We all refer to everyone as cousins. I'm like, I don't know how you're actually related to me, so you're my cousin. Uh, so they, but they had got all her medals out, and there was enough. She collect. She had a bunch of medals, and she collected pigs, like little stuffed pigs. And people pig gave them figuring. to her as gifts. So as things. you came in, everyone went. This is the table full of medals. This is the table full of pigs. Please take a medal. Please take a pig. It is yours now. And we still have it. It was We do. We have Aww. the medal and yeah. then we have Piglet who's dressed it's up. Piglet as a professional wrestler. Yeah. It's, so it's pretty great. Yeah, oh, that's, that's perfect for you. That really is. Yeah, it's really great. So that's exciting. Um okay, so now I've got our our, our questions up. Um we ask these questions every time, so let's go over everything. First of all, uh, how was the princess? And in this case, of course, as we established earlier, the princess is Scrooge McDuck. He's always fun. Absolutely yeah. favorite. Yeah. It, I mean, it was also showed a little bit of growth for him because, you know, when from the point that he discovered the lamp and the genie to the mm-hmm. point of when he released the genie. So, I like, too, that he talked about, hey, I'm going to donate most of this to museums for, for the, the insurance for the tax write offs. Yeah. Right. Like, that doesn't but, sound like him and then no, yeah. oh it was so funny. But I mean you, again you could kind of see where they were they were going with the he's he's a nice miser, but not not a villain anymore, which is yes. really nice. Um I think there's an argument to be made that the other princess in this is Webby. Yes. I yes. even think maybe mm-hmm. the, the, the boys, but the boys even feel like a take take a step back and Webby's got like is like the second tier protagonist in this for a long time well yeah, a lot really of her was. scenes were actually individual scenes either like that they were very they very much stood out yeah well, the boys made me really appreciate how having three different actors for their voices in the new show yes. and how much of a difference that makes i so appreciated because them just talking all the time with the same voice i was like okay and so yeah webby being focused on like brandon said i think really is what made her feel like the second major character next to scrooge yeah, and, yes. and also because of her kind of, I don't know if intimacy, but the uh, the connection maybe yes. she's, that she has with Because Scrooge. she's the girl character, which we'll get to that in a sec, but I think like, you know, emotions equal girl. But now <laughs> we're at the point where, in 1990, now we're at the point where emotional, emotions also equal interesting. So yeah. I think that's what makes her interesting is she's not just like... You know, adventure in this. She's got like, oh, let's be friends, and like we've got us. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I thought that made her a little more endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how was the prince? I'm gonna say the prince in this case was the genie, and I, I love the genie. I love the genie. <laughs> yes. I he was the character going into this that I thought this is gonna be the one that uh, holds up the least. Not true. I, I didn't mean like from like a, a, <laughs> oh stereo. I just met of like this, he's gonna be so annoying because it's Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor can be pretty out Intense. there yeah and i thought that's what yeah. it was going to be and with him i was like this is my f- I, he was probably my favorite character like he's i really just really great. liked him he's a really strong he, personality but in a great way he absolutely held up and he held up for the younger audience because thomas came and he said okay well i'm just gonna watch the genie parts that's yeah. all Aww. i'm gonna watch yeah, yeah i heard him genie. say he wanted to watch the scene where he comes back out of the lamp yeah after we had seen it right yeah <laughs> so um he held oh, up really well yeah yeah how was the sidekick slash henchman? I'm going to start saying slash henchman because I feel like henchman equals bad guy. Sidekick Sidekicks, equals. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, uh, I will say a bit troublesome, but he got oh, yeah. the biggest laughs. He did, yeah. I'm really torn because I can recognize what's wrong about him, but I I loved him as a child, and I, I did enjoy his care. I enjoyed the frantic, nervous energy of him. Yeah, I, was, I would say a lot of the laughs were not based on stereotypes, and I think that's why we kind of have this back and forth, because he definitely had a lot of stereotypes, but when they played him for laughs, it was more... It could have been any anybody that would have gotten those same laughs, because it was more about the um, the nervous energy that he had. I'm curious how much of it was also like the the accent, which is a real goofy ethnic accent. Yeah, like, I don't know. Mm. Um, Hopefully not. I don't know. That's a good point. That is a really yeah. Good point. It's a, it's a definitely a, a good thing to bring up. Like I yeah. think if you remake this character, you you can the things you keep are he's a thief. You know, he's nervous and like frantic nervous, and, and cowardly uh, against his villain. Like you, he doesn't want to go up against him. He's and he's stuffing his pants with stuff. And I think here's a couple things you give him if you're going to. You know, nowadays we it's typically if someone's going to portray a ethnicity of some kind, you give it to that actor, and then you also like don't just have him be the you don't you don't you know there's the, tokenism. I was going to say yeah, it, yes, it, yeah. yes. I'm not the one who gets to make this call, but I think we've done a pretty good job covering his problems. But I think he's someone. I think there's stuff there that's 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 funny. And I will say when they when they brought up that where he was rich again, I had a memory of being a little girl and going, "I want that outfit." I loved his with the rich big, outfit with the, the, just everything was jeweled. Like yeah, yeah it was it yeah. was just to me. I remember thinking as a little girl that that was a really pretty outfit. Um, yeah, <laughs> whatever stereotypes it may have inherited as as a little girl, I thought that that was a pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, rich rich person outfit right right right. um the good guy the sidekicks i mean i always like Launchpad. i just like Launch- that he crashes mm. all the time yes yeah they kind of took a back seat because you only have so much time in this movie like miss mm-hmm. beakley was done dirty and i think she was the <laughs> weakest yeah. honestly mm-hmm. out of everyone and also just falling into that stereotype of the, the fainting her stuff yeah. wasn't even that funny. Like her jokes yeah. just didn't hold up anymore. As much as it's also a problematic, you know, woman stereotype of the women of women, it mm-hmm. just she didn't even have anything going. But for also, her. I gotta ask, how much of that is being compared to the new Mrs. Beakley? I think it's bad, but yeah, I agree with you. I if you, I, well, I don't I know that this seen... doesn't. Yeah, I don't remember anything about the original Mrs. Beakley, so this no, could be right no. in character with her. It, it it is, it really is. But yeah, I think it. She just did. She didn't hold up in terms of characters yes. not holding no. up. Yeah. She did not hold up because yeah, none exactly. of her jokes played very well. Uh, what was everyone's favorite musical number? This one wasn't a musical, but I think we all. If does anyone not want to say the Ducktales? I mean, <laughs> yes. Well, if it were, if it played properly on our screen, I would <laughs> yes, have enjoyed it a little go, more. Yeah. But we did we, have sorry. a dance party. We got when the it slow dance version. There you <laughs> we go. Got very weird, weird slow dance version. <laughs> um, I guarantee you guys, when this episode goes up, we're gonna um put up eight million covers of the song. Yes, please. So. Um. So the next question is, does it hold up? I think we've talked a lot about character, uh, female character agency and covered that very well. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about ethnic representation. Um, guns and firearms, I don't really remember any. There was nothing really uh, violent-wise um, or anything like that that I would have, as a parent, been like, wait, hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Let Just me the jump. point yeah. of, you know, when you know the villain fell, I mean, that was the only thing. I mean, even our kid <laughs> was like, what, what yeah, Our kid definitely picked up but, I mean, that, that was, was not it. a safe fall. <laughs> Listen, yeah. if you're not into villains falling, Disney you can't movies watch are Disney not right. Disney. <laughs> right. yeah. From falling um, from great much, heights. Much yeah. better than the implication that you're eaten by your henchmen. 
oh man, we should do a yeah. thing to see like who fell from the highest height. I think right now Murloc. <laughs> I think Murloc's, so far Murloc wins yeah. because we, we don't know where space. he is. He, in I the think sky. yeah, I think yeah, he was outer space or stratosphere so, at the very yeah. least. Yeah, oh my god. Exactly. Uh, drinking or smoking? I didn't see anything like that in there mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they were handing out sodas at the archaeology. She like oh, yeah, that they weren't even drinking. Specifically, was like yeah. here's your soda. So yeah, it was very clear that they had a young age in mind when they put this out. Yes, I, yes. Good uh, point. And a lot of the animation styles and the choices, because in the 90s, they could have gotten away with some of the, old, you know, if, if they wanted to. But yeah. yeah, exactly. Definitely where this was a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got, uh, listeners, we're going to kind of go over the uh, the villain ranking real quick with, with Katie, who's unfamiliar, and we will be right back to rank Murloc. All right, guys, we are back. We have discussed the uh, the villain ranking. I have also readjusted my uh, spreadsheet to account for four guests, which I completely forgot about. So here we go. First, first, uh, first one, frightening. Anybody want to chime in with what they got? Two. He didn't even scare my six-year-old, so I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good, I feel like that's a good way to, to test it out. Here's my thing is. The way the genie describes him, I think, portrays him as much more frightening than he actually appears when he's on screen, if that mm. makes sense. The the concept of him was much worse than the reality. Like, like, like the things that yeah. you would think yes. that he was going to do, but he never actually got to do that. And just the design, the overall look of him, the delivery of the lines, which I was still disappointed with after, because I love the Rasputin character and the way mm-hmm. he does That's that. That's a good point. I kept thinking of, of it, Rasputin from Anastasia. Yeah, yeah. It just it just was not frightening. Mm. And yeah. he should have been. He should have been because of everything that, it, and the castle that he got. His castle was scarier than he was. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm going to give him a two as well. Okay. I agree with that. I am as well. Brandon, what do you think? I actually went with a three because of the fact of how scared the genie was of him. Mm, okay. Uh, I mean, of the and all the things that he did. I mean, he said uh, the uh, Atlantis uh, and all and all the other stuff that he's destroyed in the past. Uh, but also the you know the transition into the animals. He actually was kind of scary at some points, like with the bear and mm, stuff like that. So okay. I gave him the extra point for like basically the his past, the fear of the genie, and uh, you know some of the attack scenes. He, he I can got see it. That. I can see that. Okay, he gets an extra point for the intimidation that he's caused in the past in the yes. fear of the gene. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Funny. So I'm. I think I'm going to give him a two. I, I I I mean I thought he was kind of funny with the the stuff. I will say the one scene that I remember and like legitimately made me laugh with his whole like every time he was kind of like getting beat up as a small thing was when they were in the lasers. Yes. And, he got hit and they go, "Are you okay? Oh, good thing it just hit his helmet." And then it cuts to like him as a cockroach on a side, going, like, sizzling. going <laughs> yeah. But uh-huh. like the, the voice acting there really made me laugh. But other than that, I mean, I thought he was all right. Like he just he, he was kind of goofy. I, there's a lot of other things in this movie that made me laugh more than that. I gave him a three just for because his facial expressions were so good. But I would almost want to say he was more absurd than funny because I was never really laughing with him. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't meant to be funny. It was mm-hmm. just so ridiculous or something like that. So it, it it added to why he's not as frightening to me because I was just laughing at him most of the time. Yes, I, I put him as a two because of the fact that um, he wasn't trying to be funny. He was just put in some funny situation. Oh, that's a good point. But I, I, the animators nailed those fa- facial expressions. Yeah. I mean, mad respect for the, the animators being able to make a cockroach and a rat and, and th- those kind of stuff yeah, that they yeah. did. 
I mean, people talk about the Madden Mims transformations being uh, artistically really well done, and I think they they did the same thing with his transformations here, mm. and that's part yeah. of why he was able to be funny. Yeah, I see. What I want to give him is a two point five, and we don't do. You can't do that because <laughs> um, I think he's for me. He's a weak three, but a strong two. But I think I'm going to go ahead and give him the three. Okay. Because I I really love the facial expressions, yeah. and he made me laugh. So. Okay. Well, that guess that averages him out to a two point five. Okay. So there you go. Uh, fierce. <laughs> I am going to give him a two on fierce. I'm. It's a strong two because I agree with uh, Brandon. I liked. They did a really good job of animating him coming from an animal into a. Uh, you know, I but might is give that him on a, design. More That's, than it's. Well, I guess I'm thinking of the capes. Yeah, I'll yeah. give him a two then. But I, I think he again. I'm I, not trying to bully you out of your number. Just I. Oh, well, I'm going to stick with a two. I think Christopher Lloyd's voice had some gravitas to it. Um, I mean, I think he wants to command a room like in that world. But to me, the audience, he was just kind of like, like just kind what? of like, especially since we've seen like Judge Doom is in the top ten, and we've seen mm. Christopher Lloyd pull off fierce really well. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. I, I think. Uh, you're the fact checker, so so correct me if I'm wrong, but this was Christopher <laughs> Lloyd's first voice acting job, and I think you could kind of tell comparing that to Rasputin. Uh, yeah, because uh, that that was the fact. I, yeah, that was the fact I shared earlier. Yeah, it was his first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was his first yeah. theatrical. Um, first theatrical voice acting, yeah. and I I think you could tell, and I think that's where I wanted him to have more fierceness because I've seen him do more fierceness in other voice acting mm-hmm. roles, but this. Just didn't get there for me. So, he so just, what was your number? Two. Okay. Yeah, I I gave him a three because he literally did have Kate drama because like the transition <laughs> from the eagle to back to your human, the wings folded back and became the cape. You know, I mean, he utilized the cape in the transitions and stuff like that. So I gave him the extra point. You know uh, what? Of a three for that. You talked me into it because I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't like his design in general, but I did like that animation bit. So I'm gonna, I mean. It's so, but what out. is our? This isn't the design this is number. That's okay, all right. That's where I'm getting confused. I think we're in fierce. Okay, thank you. What do you want to give him? A two. A two. Okay. But design his design will rank high for me because I liked his transformations. But I, so my opinion is different on how I'm looking at it, which is fine. Okay. I think you've got to factor in design into fierceness, though, because can you imagine if they went with a different design for Ursula, she would not have as much fierceness. That's you know, a fair we, point. I, yeah, I've no, seen some true. of the other other earlier designs for Ursula and they definitely play into how she reads as fierce. So I think okay. it's fair to give him the point yeah. for his design. So let's talk his effectiveness. What do we think his <laughs> his his goal was? His goal was to get the lamp back. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like he didn't we other than that we didn't and just like to like just, if anybody was crossing his path, he got rid of them. Apparently that's what happened with Pompeii and Atlanta. Like I think, you know, like he has him get rid of Scrooge. Like I, I think it's like he I think he met his objective, which was to get the lamp back. I, I think his objective was also just to Yeah, I think he's got a high effectiveness because he yeah. just wanted the lamp. Like the, the 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 villain achieves his goal but then has it taken away from him, which we've given, given high fives. ranks before. Yeah, because See, he I, achieved it. I ranked him as a two for that because I, the whole time I was like, really? You could become, like you said earlier, you could become a dragon, but you're going to sneak in as a cockroach? Like, if he just wanted the lamp back, he could have torn that whole party apart and gotten the lamp back much more effectively than he did. It's, it's, I, if he was going to be so sneaky, I needed a reason 
for him to need to be that sneaky. Because I feel like he could have been thinking, well, maybe they'll use the genie against me, so I don't want them to know that they're there in that case. Okay, I'll answer my own question. That's that's fair. He doesn't want them to use the genie against him. Yeah, I mean, this is also a hard one we found to do because it's like... Uh, We've tried to keep it very like if they've met their objective, it's high, right? Okay. And, and that's some, but that be, sometimes is hard to tease out. I think there's something to be said about if your objective sucks, like if it's <laughs> yeah. like, like, like Lady Tremaine is effective at keeping Cinderella down, but compared, she like Ursula wants to take over the ocean. Lady Tremaine wants to keep a woman and in marry her daughters off. Yeah, so yeah. it's like that sort of thing. I I'm willing to give him a four because he did it. Because he got his 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 stupid uh, lower intestine castle in the sky, and <laughs> like like he did it. But I, I he just felt I I will agree a little bit to like Ursula and Maleficent did what they wanted to, and I'm gonna say it they did it with some style, and they didn't yeah. seem like bumbling idiots getting shot by lasers and, and yeah. eaten by stuffed tigers. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm gonna dock him a little bit there by the way he did it was so ding dongy, you know? Yeah. So I'm think I, I think I'm giving him a four. Yeah, I gotta I gotta agree. I, I'm giving him a four because he yes, he did get what he was achieving to. He did get it taken away, but common issue with villains. Yeah, if he has to get it taken away. But there we have one villain in this whole thing that has like achieved their goal and won, and that was the guy who killed the whale in make mine music yeah like, because the whale goes killed, to heaven he killed the the main character yeah and nobody else is gonna yeah do usually that every of, other yeah. villain eventually is defeated so yeah uh, i'm kind of with you ryan i docked the point because of like he was not buffoonery yeah he he just as old as he is because of the fact that genie said he's immortal so he's very old he should have more like ideas better planned out why is it at this point, yeah. after all these years, why is he just doing something that is just so roundabout to get to the I, his goal? I'll give him a three. I'll up it from a two to a three. But the buffoonery of his whole plan, the fact that he's immortal and the best help that he could get was Dijon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just feel like... I, he should have I, I amassed an army by this Yeah, point. I was like, you're immortal. How do you not have more minions and better minions? How is... I, I I I understand we're trying to keep it simple for the kids and everything like that, but I just you got to go with he, your heart and your yeah, heart says three. three. He's a three. He's a four for me. The four for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, design. I, I gave him a three. I gave yeah. him a three. I I you know I like the just the general look of him. I mean he was he looked scary. You know he looked like a villain. He you know it, it got the point across for me. Here's a question: What animal was he? Whatever the Beagle Boys are. Beagle. Well, they're dogs. Beagles, yeah. <laughs> beagle Boys, yeah. Yeah, but they don't look like beagles. So I mean, <laughs> Do you know, this always blows my mind. Do you know Pete from, like, Goof Troop is a cat? Yeah. 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 I but thought he yeah. was a short-eared dog my whole life. No, he's a cat. Anyway. Um, so three from Brandon. Uh, Tara, do you have a... I'm going to give him a three just because I really like the transformation so much. And I my brain is contributing that a little bit more to design so i wanted to give him a three for that i really liked him transforming to and from the animals and the variety of animals that they used on him okay katie um man i gave him a two i was just not impressed it was a very standard in my opinion kind of boring design 
and the animal transformations did not save it for me. I, I, I have no idea what they were going th- for there. It just, I thought it was a boring look. I'm with you. I thought he just looked like wizard. Yeah. Again, the storyboard, the the design team was near lunch and went with, you know, pulled a D&D magazine out of the va- bag. Okay, that. We're going to do that. Yes. But less interesting. Make it more boring. Um, Go away, Heat. I'm going to give him a one. Like, not because I was like, oh, I really like this guy. Because he's also going to get a low yes factor for me. I'll, I'll tease that out. Yeah. I just, he wasn't my favorite villain. And I just, he just, he wasn't mean enough. To, he wasn't like. Good enough to be interesting or bad enough to make me hate him. So I'm just going to give him a one in that. I'll give him a two. Um, okay. Because, I mean, I actually enjoyed when he was on camera. I didn't want him to go away. But but that feels no, like no. yes factor, not go away heat. Yeah, oh, so that's you, true. you want to give him... Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the two still, though. If I'm understanding it right, the, the lower the is better on this particular one. Like, it means well, that I didn't want him to go away. Like, because I, I don't have a big yes factor for him, but I feel like, especially during the end, I wish that ending scene had been longer because I felt like he was finally becoming a really interesting villain, and I wanted to see him do more in that very last ending scene with the castle. And so I was actually kind of just because I feel like he didn't have a lot of go away heat because I wanted to actually see more of him. Here's here's how I look at it: if you have high go away heat but low yes factor, you're despicable. If you have high yes factor but you have low go away heat. You're interesting. If you have low go away heat and low guess factor, you're boring. You're basic. You're basic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I found him to be at the very end a villain I would have liked to see more of. So he okay. did not. So so like the beginning, I could have seen less of him. He was kind of a stupid buffoon villain, and then they then they used him comedically well in a couple of scenes, and then finally when he's becoming a very interesting, threatening villain, that's when we then move we end the movie. So do you want to rate both Yes Factor and Go Away Heat? Like, what is your Go Away Heat on that? I guess that's a two. On both, or? No, I, I had Yes Factor. Um, yeah, no, a two. He was a little bit boring. So, yeah. What, what do you have for Go Away Heat? I'm going to do a one as well. Okay. I'm with you. I, I agree with what you said about it. And I'm going to rate him a one on Yes Factor. Do you have I'm yes? going to as well, Same. yeah. What's your Yes Factor, Brandon? Uh, pro- Yeah, probably oh, a two. Oh. I just, yeah. Let me crunch the numbers. Hey, Sorry. Thomas, you want to tell them what you thought of the villain? Did you like the villain in the movie we just watched? Not villain. The bad guy. <laughs> With the cat. I think that's a pretty low yes end. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> what, what, did I just, what villain? The completely unmemorable villain, apparently. <laughs> what? Never mind. You answered our questions unknowingly. Good job. What did you think of the castle? Oh, oh man. The castle Thumbs was down. scary. But he remembered the castle. He remembered the castle more than the, the villain. Had, yeah. I, I'm going, I'm going oh, back to the castle. Do you want to ask Thomas a question? Yeah. Hello, hello, Thomas. Hi. So are you a big DuckTales fan? Well, I am a, I'm only a fan of the genie DuckTales. You like the genie? Yeah. Oh, what was your, what was your favorite part with the genie? Um... I really loved it when the genie does magic. Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, no, don't yell! Don't yell! Sorry. So what? What would you wish for if you had a magic wish? There's rainy candy and food. Oh, that's a good one. Rainy candy food. Okay. Yeah, that's a Same. good one. Oh, mm-hmm. rainy healthy candy and food. Right. Right. 
Oh, okay. No, healthy candy. Oh, okay. That's what I wish. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for being on the show, Thomas. Bye. <laughs> so he is. I think he's a little higher than I would. I would rank him personally, but he is because he's. I would actually put him in the lower half, but he is sixteen point five, and he is tied for twenty sixth with Honest John from Pinocchio and Chef Louie from The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'll. I would put him on par with Chef Louie. I'd no, Chef one. Louie at least had a good song. <laughs> oh, no. Chef I take that back. He's above Chef Louie. Oh. Chef Louie has a 16.3. Okay. Whatever point I need to take from him, I'll take a point from him so he's <laughs> lower than Chef Louie. No, because it's Chef too Louis, late. Uh, that would be only a percentage. In the I end. know, but Chef Louie, man, had a good song. So that's, Chef, that's... Chef Louie is kind of, in my mind, the dividing line between a good villain. Like, he's the midpoint. But so he, So he's just a little bit ahead of that. Um, thank you guys, uh, Brandon and Katie. Thank you so much for uh, doing the podcast. Oh, we have the one question that I always forget, and that's: yes. Do we put it up on our shelf in a nice clamshell special edition, or do we lock it away in the vault forever? And for me, I gotta say, it's kind of in that Black Cauldron territory. Although I think I'd watch the Black Cauldron again before this. Really? I like the Black Cauldron. You love it, yeah. <laughs> I lost uh, interest in Black Cauldron. I didn't when get I through it, it either. It's so long. I I think I would watch parts of the Black Cauldron. That's one thing this has going for. It's very short and like quick to get through. Yeah. I think if we had a kid, I'd put it on the shelf and be like, "Oh, you'll enjoy this." But to me, it's not like classic like the other ones. So I know locking away in the vault sounds bad, but I don't think it'd make it on my shelf. So it'd go in my vault. I gotta say, I don't know. It's fun, and Thomas enjoyed parts of it. I don't feel like. It's good enough that I want to sit down and, and deal with the problematic aspects of it with a small child and have that be how he's That's introduced to Arab too. characters. Um, there are other probably better examples that I could give. It's, it's the same problem with Peter Pan. I, I turned Peter Pan off because I'm like, this is not going to be your introduction to Native Americans. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, yeah. And so I feel like this has that same problem with the child. But I would totally turn it on and have it in the background um, if I'm drawing late at night and need to be up. I mean, it's got that kind of zany. It's a fun, zany energy that I don't need to pay a lot of attention to. But at so. that point, I feel like you just watch the show or the new one. Yeah, but no, but the, the, the new show's so good, I'd actually get distracted by it, where this is just enough where it's fun, but I'm not going to be distracted for it. And that's what I look like look for when I have something on when I'm painting. So this is probably, I'm saying I'd put it in a vault, though, because I can't show it to my kids, and I'm not really paying attention to it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to steal one from Tara and just say I'll put it in the drawer. No, yes. no drawer. Yes, it's there the is a drawer. There is a drawer. <laughs> Thank so, you. What about you? Are you going to um, put it away in the so what's, drawer? No, I... I think it goes on my shelf for Which the nostalgia. Fine. It's fine. But I recognize all the issues, and I think if we had a kid, I think, again, it's a different conversation. But yeah. for me, I enjoyed this one so much as a kid that I, I like the adventure aspect. It does kind of you make me want to... You played at your bachelorette party. It makes I know, sense that's that it true. goes on your shelf. Um, I will say it makes me want to go watch Indiana Jones, though. <laughs> like, it does make me want to go watch, like, Last Crusade. It makes, me wanna, it makes me want to go see the DuckTales uh, they're both the original and the new series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. I know you're not too big on cartoon shows, but I feel like we're getting you closer to. No, watching I think the I new am going to watch show. it. I also really like the idea. It is so of Mrs. good. Beakley. I like really want to see her. I don't think she's as big a character in the one, but they have like Beakley episodes. Like, yeah, she's, and she's really cool. No, and I'm she's played have to by a woman of color. Is another thing. I was I was very devoted to the the Ducktales cartoon when I was growing up, and so I was really impressed with how well they did. Well, talk about the the new series of the old one. 
um um the, the actor helped me tenth doctor he does such a good uh, job with Scrooge. David yeah, Tennant oh. tenth doctor is Scrooge. yeah David Tennant oh. does, does such, such a, a good job. Well, he's but actually they, Scottish in real life, so well, he just yeah, but, the one yeah. time he gets to use his own voice. But, yeah, so, well, yeah, he's just basically being himself. Yeah, at but that having point. let's just listen to Alan Young. He really does a good job with the mm-hmm, character. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess he's Scottish, but I'm sure you couldn't just plunk a Scottish person da- down and have them do Scrooge McDuck well. You know, you've got to have a little bit more than that to do a good Scrooge McDuck. Check out our uh, Scroo- our Mickey's Christmas Carol episode where we talk mm-hmm. about the whole story about how he got that voice, um, mm-hmm. how he, or how he got the role. We, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I could talk about the new DuckTales all day. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Um, as always, oh, we ask you. our guests. Yeah, this was fantastic. I know. I always thank say thank you, you. I just barrel through some. I know. Then you just like. What a, what a, it's almost like I'm a jerk. Um, uh, no, but it was great. And it was so fun to have a couple on. Yeah. This is, like and said, Thomas. Like it's fun day. to have Thomas in there, too. Thank you so much. We ask our guests to uh, plug anything they have, whether it's a personal project it's just something you're enjoying or uh, just a general sentiment. Katie, I'm sure you've got some uh, art stuff you want to I was waiting with, for so. this part because I was like, she, I get, take it away. No, plug I, away, I, plug away. I, I have an art studio. I I, um, I draw professionally at Artist Alley's and uh, take commissions and stuff. It's Galactic Dust Bunnies. Obviously, it's been on hold for 2020 because that's just how it's been. Uh, but if you go to galacticdustbunnies.com, you can see my website. You can find me on Instagram and I'm just going into TikTok. And I previously had a webcomic, uh, State of Disunion, where I would do um, history comics uh, about American history, uh, which was kind of a lot of fun. But that's been on hiatus since my second son was born because two kids are a lot. Because being a mom is Because I'm a mom. And, and <laughs> yeah, I thought everybody's like, oh, are you getting it done during the pandemic? And I'm like, no, it's actually harder. <laughs> it's harder. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's definitely not. It's the opposite of getting done with this. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, you can look it up, uh, State of Disunion. And, you, know, you can find all that on my website, galacticdustbunnies.com. That's great. And we'll share that on the Facebook All our page social media as well. yeah. Yeah. goes up. Well, guys, check out galacticdustbunnies.com. Yes. So check that out. Our next movie is Beauty and the Beast with a special guest from overseas. From in Beirut. Beirut. So, <laughs> so. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll check. It, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is to at trpdiaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. (laughs) 